Well, today, the message that I have is in John chapter 13. And it is referred to as um, one of the most sacred parts of the New Testament. This chapter 13 on is considered one of the most sacred parts. Now, as we, another title that I have for this is that um, my honored, uh, my honored one, what will you do with my body? And we'll find what that means here in a little bit. Um, this lesson, though, this portion of scripture, it begins with, um, the, we would, the title basically is talking about Jesus washes the disciples' feet, and it goes uh, as a progression through here. And in chapter, three, chapter 13, verse 1, Now before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour had come, that he should depart from the world to the Father, having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. So as we look at this verse, we find that there's a couple of things that is stated. Jesus, his devotion to his disciples, he is talking about how much he loves them. And, and it says he, he loves them to the end. Well, it doesn't mean that he's going to love them until he dies. <laughs> he's going to love them to the end. So that's still going on for all of his disciples and for all of us. He's loving us to the very end until we are there in heaven with him. And so, um, and supper being ended, the devil having already put into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon, Simon's son, to betray him. Now, one of the, one of the you know, you're reading the commentaries, <laughs> um, it sounds like in this verse that Judas has already made up his mind to betray Jesus. Now, a couple of things that we, we put in place here is that Judas, if he had already made up his mind to betray Christ, um, he wouldn't be there. <laughs> he wouldn't be there with the disciples. He wouldn't be around them. It's like one of, the, one of the commentaries put it is, the desire of Judas, the desire for Satan to tempt Judas was presented to him. Now, it, it isn't just something that he is presented with here, but it's been an ongoing thing. You, you see, sin is something that we think about. Sin is something that we plan, and then the doing is the sin. Well, we know that Judas has been thinking about it because he's already gone to the, the high priest. He's, he's um, set up an amount of money that he's going to get for betraying Jesus, but he hasn't done it yet. And so this is where we find ourselves. So as we think about what is coming in these next uh, verses, we, we can see it how that Judas hasn't, he has this idea, this thought, this plan, but he hasn't acted on it yet. Okay, so Judas has this plan in place, but he, you know, he hasn't went so far as to do the plan. So, um, Jesus then, in verse 3, Jesus, knowing that the Father hath given all things unto his hands, and that he hath become, that he hath come from God and was going to God. So Jesus knows, okay, we'll just kind of establish something here in that little kind of parentheses of, 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 of statement. Jesus knows where he came from. He knows that he is God. He has come from the Father. He knows that he is going back to the Father. He knows that, you know, all power is given unto him in heaven and earth. He is God. All right, so that established in Christ 
you know, it's just kind of letting us in. John is giving us a picture, uh, a glimpse here. Okay, Judas hasn't made up his mind yet whether or not he's going to betray Jesus. But let's just look at Jesus for a moment and see he knows who he is. And he knows what's going on in the world around him. And he, being God, can do anything he wants. He's God. So what does Jesus do? He rose from supper and laid aside his garments, took a towel, and girded himself. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel with which he had girded them. Then, okay, so what does he do? After he makes this declaration, I know who I am, I am basically I am God. And so what does God do in this moment in which he is with his disciples and with his followers? What would he, the all-powerful, almighty God do? He would take off his garment, his robe, he would put a towel around his body, and he began to wash the disciples' feet. So what we find here is, is a loving humility that Jesus has. Now, we know that it, later it talks about, well, you know, we are to wash, eat, and wash, the, wash each other's feet. And, you know, and that's a, it's a great practice and people do it. But the, and the understanding is that our actions that we perform are to be done with humility and love. A loving humility. That we may have the ability, see this is where grace and mercy come into play, is that God has the ability to punish sin. Boom. He has the, he has the ability, you do something wrong, he, has, he can just stamp it out. Well, God isn't stamping out all the wrong things we do. He loves us and he is working things into a plan and a place for us where we can, we can understand his presence, understand what he is doing and his giftedness. Now, what happens next is, one of the things also to put into consideration here is, you know, I saw a, a movie not too long ago about Jesus and the, last, and the Last Supper here, and Judas, the character in the movie, was kind of depicted as somebody who was kind of trying to stay out of the picture, trying to stay in a corner somewhere. Uh, it sits at the end of the table. It's not so. Because <clears throat> Judas... Later on in the story, we find that Jesus gives him, he sops his, where he puts his bread into the common bowl, and he gives it to Judas. Judas wasn't at the end of the table. He was his honored guest. <laughs> so whenever they start washing, Jesus is going to wash the disciples' feet. He probably started with his honored guest, which is Judas. So what we have here is Jesus trying, I don't want to say trying, he's giving to Judas his last choices. <laughs> you, you have the ability to choose. And we say, well, it was predestined that Judas was to betray Jesus and he had no other choice. It's not so. We know that it was going to happen. We know that, but Judas had the opportunity to say no to the temptation and no to the thoughts and the plans that he had in place because he didn't do them yet. And so Jesus has him sit at the head of the table with him, and he's an honored guest there, and so he washes the disciples' feet. This is John chapter 13. Um, 
where were we at here? I can't read the verse numbers. Verse 5, And after that he poured water into the basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel which he had girded, um, he had girded himself with. Then he came to Simon Peter, and Peter said to him, Lord, are you washing my feet? <laughs> oh, so the disciples were all thinking this. What happens is the person who is the lowest servant, okay, if you, go to, if you went to a person's house, the lowest servant would be, um, have the task of washing the feet of the people who came to dinner. And so the, the water was there and the basin was there, but the disciples, they were kind of, you know, they were vying for position. They were kind of like, who's going to sit at the right hand of Jesus and who's going to sit at the left? Who's going to be most important in the kingdom of God? And they were worried about who's going to sit where in the kingdom of God. Okay, and so Jesus, knowing this, lots going on in this setting because Judas is there, going to betray him. The disciples are there fighting and quarreling amongst one another, and, and they, they just don't have it all together. And so when Jesus is wa washing their feet, he comes to Peter, and Peter says, Are you going to wash my feet? <laughs> and Jesus answered and said unto him, What I am doing you do not understand now. But you will know after this. You don't always know the intent of what God is doing in your life. What is God doing? What is the intent? We don't know those things. We have to trust, we have to believe, but we can't be, in this case, prideful. And, and they were all prideful in the sense that they would not wash each other's feet. And Peter, of course, he, you know, he's, he speaks out for the whole group. Uh, you're not going to wash my feet. And, and, you know, Jesus says, you don't know what I'm doing, Peter, but someday you'll understand this. Did you ever tell your kids that? Or your grandkids? Or somebody else's kids? <laughs> you don't know what's going on yet, but you will. Just bear with them. You know, go through this. Bear with me now. You will understand. This will make sense someday. It doesn't make sense today, but it will someday. Just bear with me. Thank you. That was a confirmation there. Uh, verse 8. Peter said to him, You shall never wash my feet. <laughs> so it's almost like Jesus goes to Peter. <laughs> you prideful person, you. You, you don't know what you're doing. You can't, here is God, you know, we just said about him, God is, he, he knows he's God. And so what does he do after this, is it where a cognitive moment, I'm God, I'm come from the Father, I'm going to the Father, I'm going to die for the people. And so in, in that moment, he begins to wash the disciples' feet. And Peter says, you're not going to wash my feet. That's what they, all the other ones were thinking, but they didn't, weren't strong enough or bold enough to say it. And Jesus answered him, If I do not wash, you wash, you have no part with me. <laughs> so Peter tells him, You can't do this. Jesus said, If I don't do this, you can leave. King of kings and Lord of lords, washing the feet of his disciples. And Peter is putting up a fight, you know, trying to let him, everybody know that he is, he's, you know, he's got this ego thing going on. But what Jesus is doing here is letting him know about his distinct love for his disciples and his humility 
in carrying out his actions. This is something that Peter and they are need to learn over and over again in their ministry, is that they are humbly performing what God has called them to do. Humble does not mean doormat. <laughs> Humble means strength under control. King of kings, Lord of lords, doing what he was doing, not because he was the, the uh, lowest person in the room. He was the greatest person in the room doing the lowest task. Simon Peter said to him, Lord, not my feet only, but wash my, heads, my, my hands and my head. So Peter's making up for his, you know, if, you're gonna, uh, if that's the case, wash my head, my hands, wash me the whole over. And Jesus says, um, he that is babe needs only to wash his feet. So he's saying, Peter, you've already taken a bath. <laughs> that's not what I'm here for. What, what, what happened was that, the, in, you know, the, the area was quite dry and dusty, and it was common for people, you know, they take their bath when they're clean. By the time they get to where they're going, their feet are dirty. They wear sandals. It's like the kid, um, he said to his, his, his parents, uh, you know, he, he, they were complaining about his long hair and, you know, wearing his sandals. So you know this is an illustration from the 60s. And so <laughs> has long hair and his sandals. And he comes home and his father wants him to get his hair cut. And he says, well, Jesus had long hair, and Jesus wore sandals, because and, and the kid wanted to borrow the car and go somewhere. And he says, yeah, well, Jesus walked everywhere he went, too. <laughs> so, <laughs> just threw that out there. <laughs> I couldn't grow long hair if I tried. <laughs> so anyhow, um, Jesus said that y you don't need a bath, Peter. You don't need a bath. You already had a bath. You need, we need to wash your feet. Uh, you're already complete. And you are clean, but not all of you, Judas. He know, and again, this is let, letting the disciples know, he knows what's going on. See, what happens with Judas doesn't catch Jesus off guard. The betrayal of Jesus and the crucifixion of Jesus is not something that happened because his ministry failed was very much in line with what he was supposed to be doing, how he was supposed to do it. And he's letting the disciples know that later on when you're looking back at this, you can, you can see what I'm doing. You'll understand what this is about. Um, he knew who would betray him. Therefore, he said, you are not all clean, meaning Judas. Verse 12. So when he had washed their feet, taken his garments... And sat down again, he said to them, Do you know what I have done to you? <laughs> Do you know what I have done to you? See, there's more going on here than just washing feet. There is, there is this humi hu humility, this love that was expressed in his actions to his disciples. If anything was going to pull his disciples together, it was that Jesus was going to show to them that he that is greatest among you, let him be the servant of all. That's what he's, he's telling. Do you know what I'm doing for you? And I'm, I'm sure that well, hopefully they would look back on this position and this situation and remember those, those words. Do you know what I'm doing? And the reason that I am doing it. 
You call me, then he explained, you call me teacher and Lord, and you say, well, for I am your teacher and I am your Lord. If I then, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, but you also ought to wash one another's feet. If I, being the teacher, have done this, you then need to do it for your brothers. They wouldn't do it. They wouldn't get the basin. They were too proud. They weren't going to do it. And Jesus tells them, you should do this for each other. For I have given you an example that you should do as I have done to you. You should do as I have done. Whenever we think of, you know, uh, we were talking about the vine and the branches and that the life of the vine is in the branch, that what it's saying to us is the life that is in Christ is to be the life that is in us. And what are the actions of Jesus? If you don't know them, if you don't learn them, you can't do them. And so being in, learning the scriptures, learning how to live as God wants us to live, we are then dependent upon the vine. We are dependent upon the strength that comes from the vine to live like Christ. If we could just do this on our own, we wouldn't need Jesus and we wouldn't need the scriptures. And we could, you know, but we need the scriptures. We need the Holy Spirit. We need the word of God to teach us. And so being a branch that is grafted into the vine, that the life of the vine, Jesus, is the same life that is in us. And so with humble actions, we can serve one another. Most assuredly, I say unto you, a servant is not greater than his master, nor is he who sent greater than he who sent him. If you know these things, blessed are you if you do them. So Jesus is saying that I and the Father are one. God does not consider it beneath him to be your Father and to serve you. And you and we are to be that same servant to those who are lost and to one another. For it is not about gloating and superiority and, and you know, pride and, you know, pride and prejudice, you know. We're, we're, we're not that. We are learning from the King of kings and Lord of lords that it is a service that we are doing to him. And remember, who's here? Judas is sitting here. And Jesus has washed the feet of Judas. Verse 18. I do not speak concerning all of you. I know whom I have chosen, but the scriptures may be fulfilled. He who eats bread with me has lifted up his heel against me. That, it's the symbolism of the heaviness of what Judas is doing. The heaviness of, of this act of Judas to, as it were, the heel of, of Satan being crushed down on Jesus. And, and Jesus knows what's going on. But now I tell you before it comes, that when it comes to pass, you may believe that I am he. So I want you to know that I am the one that has come to take away the sin of the world. And this isn't happening without my knowledge. I know it. The Father knew it. It was stated before the beginning of time that one would be the betrayer. And one of the things that I, that I saw in this, these scriptures was that sometimes people say, well, Judas didn't have a choice. Judas didn't have a choice, but he did. 
And over and over, and we see it here in this, in this particular group of scriptures that he did have a choice and he did have a, a way out. If Judas had not betrayed Jesus, would somebody else have done it? Yes. <laughs> would somebody else have found him in the garden? Yes. So Judas didn't have to do this, but he allowed himself to do it. All right. Verse 20. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who receives whomever I send receives me, and he who receives me receives him who sent me. If you receive me, you receive the Father. You're the, the one who sent me. Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. So it's important that whenever we think of this, that God hears our prayers. In our, in our um, Sunday school lesson, we talked about how that the um, bowl of incense in the, in the tabernacle was right at the curtain, and behind the curtain was the, the, holies, the holies of holies in the ark of the presence of God. And what was in that bowl of incense? It was the incense represented the prayers of the people. The prayers of people, the prayers are, are as a sweet-smelling fragrance unto the Lord. And so when we are accepted by Christ, Christ accepts us, we are accepted by the Father. Verse 21, when Jesus had said these things, he was troubled in spirit. This was not an easy thing. This was not, you know, a walk in the park. He was troubled over what was going on. He knew what was happening, but he was troubled. And I think sometimes we know what's going on and we are, we're troubled about it, but we have to see it through. We have to go, go on with it. And he testified saying, most assuredly I say unto you, one of you will betray me. He's troubled by this. He knows that Judas, he's sitting right there. <laughs> and one of you is going to betray me. And here he is. He doesn't say that directly, but he will in the moment. I say to you, one of you will betray me. Jesus knew how men's hearts could go one way or the other. And one of the, thing that, one of the things that we see here, and I think happens in every person's life, God presents himself to individuals in certain ways that they can understand that they will know. And that he calls them to leave what they are doing and come to him. And he gives them opportunities over and over. And in this setting, in this, this text, Judas is given opportunities to change his mind, to repent of his actions and not go through with his plan. One of you will betray me. Then the disciples looked at one another, perplexed about who is he speaking of. Now there was leaning on Jesus' bosom one of his disciples whom Jesus loved, which is John, the author of this, of this uh, epistle. And Simon Peter, <laughs> Peter again, he, he, usually he's the one who sp speaks up. You're not going to wash my feet. He's already blown it one time. He doesn't want to blow it again. So he's, John, you ask him, ask him. Who is it? Who is it that he's talking about? Verse 25. Then leaning back on Jesus' breast, he said to him, Lord, who is it? Jesus answered, It is he to whom I shall give this piece of bread when I have dipped it. And having dipped the bread, he gave it to Judas Iscariot, the son of Simeon. Now, this is, where, this is the verse that kind of 
I've been listening, you know, the audio Bible and things like that, and I was listening to this chapter, and this is the verse that kind of jumped right out at, at me. Jesus says, I'm going to take a piece of bread. And what's he going to do in just a little bit? He's going to break the bread. This is my body given for you. Judas won't be there for that occasion. So Jesus takes the bread that represents his body and takes the last morsel of what was in the common bowl. And he says, here, Judas, take this piece of bread. It's like, Judas, my honored guest, what will you do with my body? (laughs) That was the thought. What are you going to do with my body? And Judas took it. And he ate of that bread. Now, we know that Jesus didn't. I only found one commentary that related that in that way, but that was a thought that came to my mind as I heard it. And I was searching through the commentaries. Is there anybody who thinks this? <laughs> and, and, I, you know, and, and the picture that I have, you know, in, in some places, whenever you take communion, the, the pastor, the priest, they'll take the, 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 the bread, and they, you will open your mouth and place it in their mouth. Well, I wonder... <laughs> It's almost in my mind I saw, as it were, Jesus taking this bread and Judas opening his mouth and Jesus giving it to him as a way of handing him, this is my body, what will you do with it? Hmm. That's quite, a, that's quite a, 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 a visualization, isn't it? And Judas, having received what Jesus had given to him, dipped it, and having dipped it in bread, he gave it to him, to Judas Iscariot, the son of Simon. Now, after the piece of bread, Satan entered him. What happened here was Judas, at that moment, made up his mind, I'm going to betray him. I'm going to betray the King of kings and Lord of lords. I'm going to do what I have planned. I'm going to go sell him out for 30 pieces of silver. Wow. And I think sometimes people don't realize all the events that happened in life are God saying, okay, I'm here with you, I'm here with you, I'm here with you. And then, as it were, taking the the piece of bread and here, what will you do with what my faith, my body, broken for you, you know, the Lamb of God, crucified for the sins of the world. What will we do with the body of Christ? This is my body given for you. So when we take of communion, when we, we partake of it, it's, we've got to understand that this isn't just a flippant thing. This is like us sitting around the table with Jesus and him giving to us his broken body and his shed blood. And he says to us, what will you do with it? The disciples, they were arguing about who was going to be greatest in his kingdom. And Judas, he's, he's thinking about how he's going to betray him. And so in the midst of this scenario, we have Jesus saying, I love you. I'm going to wash your feet. Jesus is saying here, I'm going to give myself to the cross so that you can have life. I'm going to give myself in a way that will mean 
everything to you for eternity. And he says to the disciples, you don't understand all this just yet, but one day you will. And I think of that as in our own life, the things that we do, being here in church, listening or whatever to the, to the broadcast, having all this is so important for us. It seems like it's just another thing, another Sunday, another sermon, but it's more than that. They will all mean something to us. It all comes together for our spiritual life in which we find hope. We find strength. Sometimes life is not fair. But Jesus has a plan. Never sell out what God has given to you. Never doubt that he is with you. Never doubt the strength that you have. He will make a difference. He makes a difference in our life. And Judas took that moment and he says, I'm going to go sell him out. And the other disciples, they didn't quite understand it. But we have a unique perspective. We can look back at this and we can put ourselves in one of the disciples' places, but I hope never in the place of Judas. And we can understand that God has something very special for us. And it is greater than we understand. It's very important for us to know he is doing this you because he loves you because there's nothing he can't give any more than himself and it's important for us to take that into our hearts and into our minds and to understand Jesus loves us in a very humble healing way if we were there he would have washed your feet if he were there, he would, have, he would have given you that piece of bread and had you drink from the cup because you are his, not only now but for eternity. And so the title of the message, my honored guest, Judas, what will you do with my body? And we know what Judas did, but let us come back to the disciples, and to what Jesus came to do, to forgive us of our sins. By his stripes we are healed. By his blood we are, our sins are washed away. And we receive that into our life, we receive it into our soul, into our hearts and minds. We receive this cleansing from God. And it is something that he is giving to us. So let us receive it in the intent in which it was given that we might become his children, that he might love us to the end, to the end of eternity. Amen? God, we thank you for hearing our prayers. We confess our sins. God, we are so frail. God, we are so easily tempted. But you, O oh God, give us the strength, the strength that is in the vine is the strength that is in the branch, and so you flow into us 
and you give us life. Let the life of your spirit flow through us. Let the word penetrate our hearts and minds and what we have learned, O God, give us the strength to do. We thank you that we can forgive one another. We can wash the feet. We can be, do what we do in a humble obedience to you. You, the King of kings and Lord of lords, God of gods, wash the disciples' feet. God, we thank you for your example. Help us to live in the strength of God and the humility of your spirit. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. God bless you.